This is Michelle Dawes-Burt of Real Chicks Rock, and this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome. This is Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dawes-Burt, and of course, I'm always super ex- excited. I know I look a little lonely here, here in the studio today, but I'm not because I have the charismatic, the powerful Jessica Caremore on the phone with us today. And we're going to talk about Black Women Rock with Jessica Caremore. Jessica, how are you? I'm blessed. I love talking about Black Women Rock. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do. And I love the name of your show. I love it. I love anything to do with women um, being great. Yes, 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 <laughs> I love yes, it, yes, so. thank you. And so real, and let me, and that's a wonderful segue, Jessica. So let me tell our new listeners what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about the empowerment of women. And we do it through various different vehicles and platforms. We do it through community service. We do it through public speaking and mentoring. And we do it through the arts. And so this is an, an artistic platform, if you will, where we have conversations with phenomenal people like yourself, Jessica, that's all about creating and empowering women. And you do it, Jessica, through various different different ways and mechanisms. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Thank that. You. We're going to jump right into that. Um, Jessica, born and raised in Detroit. Is that correct? The D. The all D. Day. The D all day. Yeah. Why do everybody that's from the D says that? The D, <laughs> the D all day. Know. Detroit it's is an awesome D. little city. I'm a Detroit. I'm a Detroit girl. Yes. Sure, you know, yes. and, I, and I've lived in New York. New York, we're just talking about it. I'm in Brooklyn now. And mm-hmm. It's my um my second home in New York City. Really? I got a lot of love for for Harlem where I lived and for Brooklyn where it was my first place I lived. Um back in ninety five so I was a part of the, the hip hop and the and the early burgeoning poetry nice. scene that was happening in the nineties here. Nice. Um so yeah, so New York is also in my heart as well. But Detroit is home. I was, you know, born and raised and uh spent my, my younger years in the D just, you know, becoming the woman that I am. Yes. You know, being from Detroit is um it gives you a certain kind of energy to be I think to be able to take on the world. So when I moved to Brooklyn by myself, mm-hmm. uh when I, in nineteen ninety five, you know, I wasn't really afraid to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother, people were worried that you're there by yourself. And I was like, no, nah, I got it. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. And that just kind of became my mantra for surviving a lot of different things. Wow. And um, came here and, and looked for all those poets, you know, like Reggie Gaines and, and uh, you know, Tony Medina mm-hmm. and the New Rican poets and people I've been reading about and searching. And I, I searched for them and I found a lot of them and uh, made them my friends. And then 1997, I started publishing their work through More Black Press and publishing Saul Williams' first book. And then later on, doing Cherie Simmons and Raz Baraka, who was the mayor of Newark. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Asha Mandeli, who was the first woman on my press. And so I started building an institution around my work very quickly. Mm-hmm. But that was really about me being from Detroit yeah. and being uh, a blue-collar poet, really? you know, a working-class poet, and understanding that it was always deeper than just my own voice. It had, it had to be about a community around my voice right, right. and in the community I was serving. So, yeah. And Black on Rock, you know, that we'll talk about, I know, is it's just an extension of, of that work. Yes. And, those, and, you know, when you know brilliant people, you can't, I don't know how to, like, not tell people about everybody I know that's a genius. Mm. Because we don't get to hear about our black genius. We, we just hear about, there's a lot of mediocrity on the radio. Right. A lot of mediocrity on bookshelves. Yes. 
And so I happen to know black excellence. So I like to tell everybody about it. And you're doing an awesome job. You're doing that, Jessica. <laughs> you, you are. You're doing a great job in doing that. A little bit about Detroit. When you were um, a kid growing up in Detroit, what was the vibe like musically for you? What kind of music drew you in? <laughs> well, the sound of soundtrack for my life mm. was Aretha Franklin, okay. was... Smokey Robinson, Diana Ross and Supreme, mm-hmm. David Ruffin's voice. Yes. I mean, that's what my house sounded like. I mean, I really didn't find jazz, even though we have a lot of jazz greats that came out of Detroit as well. Like, I didn't really find jazz until I was a little older because mm-hmm. I just thought everybody was, you know, like that sounded like how Gladys Knight's voice and those, those sounds of soul. Um, that was my, my childhood sounded like. It also sounded like, you know, Cosmic Cars. And, you know, ring my bell and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. all those other things right. too. And, um, and so it was, I mean, growing up in Detroit it was noisy, mm. lots of kids on the block, yes. you know, the, then like probably like 8 million really? folks, you okay. know, in Metro Detroit. Yeah, we had a bigger population there. Um, like, and, and, and yeah, we were in the millions if you count the Metro Detroit area for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the population was much heavier than it is, um, now. Yes. And, um, and we still have bigger numbers than because people always seem to talk about the population gone down. It's now coming back up, mm-hmm. you know, the gentrification and things that are happening yes. all over the country with, um, which is like, you know, it's just give and take mm-hmm. of what gentrification is. Yeah. And, um, you know, so people talk about like Detroit being like now coming alive where I'm like, I grew up, like Detroit has always been alive. Mm-hmm. Detroit's always been on the pulse mm-hmm. of art and what's happening in the world. And um, nobody, just because somebody, you came here from another place doesn't mean our city now is alive. Right, like right. we built, the people there built the city and what makes the city great is the people, not how many, how many uh, buildings other people own. It's actually yeah. the people that live in these homes in these real neighborhoods. Um, so, you know, it's that irritating narrative that okay. is happening everywhere in places like Brooklyn yeah. and even, you know, the Bronx for that matter yeah, or yeah. Harlem and, yeah. you know, those changes that occur. And because we're, we're still an 85% black city, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. we, we, we chocolate, you yeah, know, okay. for, for the most part, <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, this neighborhood where you come, even my own where I live close to downtown, where if you visit it and you didn't leave in that neighborhood, you just stayed in the cultural district or whatever, where the thing Things are things are moving and happening downtown. You would be like, "This is Detroit," mm-hmm. so you really have to. Anybody coming who's listening that comes to Detroit, you got to call me. You have to hit me up now on Twitter me. and Instagram, you and you can be like, "Jessica, I need you to show me oh, the people, Jessica. and now <laughs> so you I can tell, tell you Jessica. my city." Now you tell <laughs> you know me, Jessica, because I came. Oh, you got to come back. I came for movement, <laughs> and then when I came back, you know, shouts, shouts out to Ken Wright because he was like, "You didn't, you didn't connect with Jessica." I said, "No." Uh, he said, you "I was on the front row with Wu Tang Clan." <laughs> oh my what? god! I was trying to throw my whole body on the stage <laughs> and thought maybe RZA would catch me or something. I was like, "RZA, I'm." Right yeah. here in the front. I mean, I was trying to how. Uh, come on, come like, on. what's up? Come on, come on. <laughs> Lots of vegan babies everywhere. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Jessica, what was your Ooh, first? Love? Yes. What was your first love? Because you have so many different talents inside of you. Was it poetry yeah. your first love, or was it music? Yeah. 
Was it the music? I mean, I my I think it was mine. I was in, I had a big imagination as a little girl. Mm-hmm. I was kind of zoned out and probably an artist very young. Okay. Um, at like around nine years old, I loved animals. I wanted I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Okay. So I had a love for nature. I like to be outside. I like I love you know we we had a lot of animals growing up, dogs and cats and birds right. and shit. And so, um, I think animals. So, but I had a love for stories. Okay. And I love I love for reading. Before I became a writer, it was the reading. My mother had uh. Biographies and memoirs in my home, and so I was reading really fast, really young. I, I always say that my mother ate books, so she still <laughs> eats books. Like literally, like would be read, pass it into a novel, and be done. Like, yeah, wow. and so she noticed that I had the same gift of just kind of being able to read a book very fast. Mm-hmm. And but I was reading like the autobiography of like. And Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and Dan Brokaw. My mother was reading out these American biographies and was a hippie, 60s, you know, mm-hmm. hippie from Woodstock and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so that was a big influence on me becoming a writer because if you don't, you can't, if you can't write, if you don't read, not, you can't write well. Like I hear young poets and I can tell that they don't read anything mm. within like two stanzas. I'm like, Oh, they wow. just listen to themselves <laughs> or they just, they found poems on YouTube, Ooh. you know, and, and didn't put a, put a book in their hand. And so, because I'm great that I'm, old enough to have re- learn about poetry, learn how to become a writer by actually reading books and then young enough to still be cool mm-hmm. and still be connected to hip hop. And yeah, I like the generation that I came up in like this new one. I have a beautiful, you know, 11 year old poet in my house yes. and a burgeoning musician. And my, you know, I'm always making sure he has that physical thing in his hand, right, that right. book, you know? Book, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, but the poetry, I started writing my first, started writing like I was like nine or ten um, around the same time my son has been writing he's writing very young too he's way better than I ever was right um at that at the age that he's at he's really advanced um but he got a poetry mommy so yeah, <laughs> it's different yeah. for him it's in his DNA um, mm-hmm. yeah but my mother recognized my gift as well and just I didn't know probably didn't know what to do except give me books and so she gave me To Be Young Gifted in Black by Lorraine Hansberry right. she gave me Alice Walker and Maya Angelou books so that, Powerful you know, my books. mother early put that in. And then I got into Detroit Public Schools. And when I was in Detroit Public Schools, they weren't destroyed yet. Okay. So they were actually good art programs and theater actually existed. And so Susan Story, my drama teacher, brought mm. into Zaki Shange's For Color Girls nice. into a black box theater in 11th grade. And my whole life got changed. Nice. And I was like... What? There's women who write like that. Yeah. This, this, this is a, like it was some of the most gangster. You know, people talk about gangster rap. I yeah. was like, you need to. If you think something's gangster, like read an Intazaki Shange book. Mm-hmm. Like wrap yourself around that language. Yeah, no, that's right. That's gangster. That and so gangster. it was. Yeah. So Intazaki changed my life, and is now a friend. Is now someone yeah. I've read poems with and laughed with and can call on the telephone. So. Um, yeah, I have a really, really blessed life, you know, to have been a, I've been a poet now of 25 years awesome. and work with some amazing people. I'm actually at Talib Kweli's house talking to you from Talib's house. Wow, He's one of my dear friends. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He just left out to go be with his family. But I mean, yes, he's, um, put out my first album in yeah. 2015. Uh, Black Tea, the legend of Jesse James, and literally just was, I was playing him my album in his house, and he's known for years music. His, I've been trying to find the music of my work forever, mm-hmm. rock and roll, uh, 
house, techno, whatever. Right. And he was like, he heard it. He loved the album. He's like, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, I don't know what you're going to do with it. <laughs> and I knew he had Javoti and he had a label and he'd been putting out, working on putting out other artists like right. Nico is and Kay Valentine. And, and so he didn't have a, a poet on the roster. He was like, I'll put it out. Mm-hmm. And so it's been, um, it's been amazing. Awesome. Like, he's been a part of my extended support system. So artists supporting artists, you know, like Tyler's got that same spirit that I have with like, helping other artists and using your stage to make sure other people have stages. And that's what's and, um, and yeah, and that's what Black on a Rock. Black on a Rock is 2004 National Black Arts Festival was a young producer there and living in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's probably how I met Ken Rye mm-hmm. and uh, who was a mutual friend of ours. And, you know, I, they asked me what you want to do this year. And I just said, you know, I want to bring some of the women that I know from New York and these other places who are cutting edge rock artists and do a tribute to Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where Black and Rock started. It's been, it's been 15 years. Next year, I've been doing this incredible series that is a multimedia show that has a conversation connected to it about race and inclusion in the entertainment industry, what it's like to be a black woman that plays rock and roll, that doesn't play or sing R&B, uh, that can sing R&B, mm-hmm. <laughs> but chooses to do something else with her energy and body and life um, that isn't celebrated enough. Right. And, yeah, I mean, to be honest, Michelle, like, I, th- I think our role in this work, this cultural work of being an artist is to just be a void filler. Yes. Like, to fill the void that isn't there. And you, w- I would think after almost 15 years that the void is, <laughs> should be filled, yeah, but it's not. but it's not. And these yeah, no, man. And these women who have traveled all over the world, who people I, I've never heard of her. So when I moved back to Detroit, I was like, the, when I came back home after doing it in Atlanta, it was super successful in Atlanta. Right. I was like, I got to bring this back to, to the house. Yeah. And I got to bring, I got to show Detroit. Because Detroit, you know, we get, sometimes that's one of those cities, we maybe the bigger artist names might come, but you miss some of those independent mm-hmm. artists that, that want to really be in front of these black audiences. And a lot of times rock and roll artists, they, they end up just being in front of majority white audiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wanted, even like not beyond just the women, I, I helped bring Cody Chestnut to Detroit mm-hmm. in front, at the African World Festival. Nice. Um, yeah, because, you know, I want him to see like this black people, you know, the yeah. African World Festival. And so, you know, instead of going to the suburban club where you get a mixed crowd, which is diverse crowd is cool, but, you know, black folks need to know who our genius is yes. deeper than just the things that's being fed to us yes. on, on radio spins. And so, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a poet in the middle of a rock and roll movement. You know, it's, we're going back to San Francisco. We just did a Yoba Buena Center for the Arts in May, and they've asked us to come back to be a part of their YBCA 100, which is an honor to be on that list. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go destroy um, the Bay Area again, November 3rd. <laughs> destroy and <laughs> you know, kill. Bring on, destroy and kill. That's what we do. Uh, we yeah, I usually, it's like about 12 to 15 women. Uh, Kat Dyson is our musical director, amazing guitarist. And we put together uh, this killer rock orchestra, we call it, and um, bring about seven to ten headliners, and I produce a really fast-paced yes. multimedia show. Yes. We're going to be flipping Aretha. You know we're going to be homaging Aretha right. Franklin. I know that's so, right. So, you know, so just, yeah, if you're in the Bay Area and you're listening, or if you don't get your plane ticket, it's worth that, too. We come had on. people come out from all over the country in yes. May. And we're annual in Detroit at the Charles H. Wright Museum. 
Um, so that's been our home base um, since I've come home. And it's an important, and the, the conversation around it is just as important as the music. Yes. You know, I mean, the women are extraordinary. Yeah. So it's easy, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. to produce the show when you have the talent pool that I'm pulling from. And, um, yeah, but we still, these women still don't have enough stages. They don't. Still don't have enough stages. Mm-hmm. Not enough on. money, not enough stages, yeah. not enough all of the things. Not, you know? yeah, not enough time, not enough proper representation, and yep. the list goes on and on and on. Jessica, I want to talk to you about five-time winner at the Apollo. True or false? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> five I time, did that. <laughs> five-time winner at the Apollo. Yeah, and I changed my life. Yeah. Um, I was just a baby living in Brooklyn at the time, mm. and uh, my friend, I was performing at the Brooklyn Moon Cafe, and my friend Maurice Dwyer, who's a producer, filmmaker in L.A. now, saw me read poetry, and he was like, producing for the Apollo, and he's like, Jessica, you should come read your poems at the Apollo. And just being from Detroit and like, understanding black stages and black audiences, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I can do that. I didn't think I would win the Apollo, but I knew that... I could do get away with doing a poem and right. maybe they would clap. Right. You know, it was really <laughs> that simple for me. Yeah. And I went there and um, things got real weird quick. And even Steve Harvey, I remember how excited like Steve Harvey was and uh, Kiki Shepard and Ray Chu and the crew. Wow. And That's back in the day. Like, That's yeah. back in the day. <laughs> that was, yeah, I was there with the original. The, you know the, yeah. the real Apollo, like, mm-hmm. you know, one o'clock in the morning, Saturday the, night. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. real stuff. Congratulations, Jessica, for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, that helped change my life, you know, that moment. So I'm very grateful to the, to that stage. And I don't think, it, you know, I think I'm the, considered, I think I'm the youngest Apollo legend living wow so kind of cool um, wow you have a yeah, lot of firsts you have a lot of firsts jessica you do you do I guess, like in the publishing yeah, world in the publishing world you were the youngest poet yeah. published in apprentice hall right so you yeah like, yeah anthology yeah yeah, was. yeah yeah so you have a lot but, of firsts so you are a trailblazer in the things that you're doing you. everything that you're doing um i want to talk a little bit about what, what's really a favorite of yours? Is it the music, mm-hmm. Jessica? Is it the mm-hmm. poetry? Wh- mm-hmm. Which which one weighs heavier on you? Are they equally the same? Because you're good at both of them. Yeah, yeah but, but poems, I'm a poet. You you're know, poet. I mean, you strip down everything. You know, I just... Um, music is, is the way for me to get the poems to bigger audiences. Mm-hmm. So it, the music is kind of the catalyst to to feeling people feeling it in a different kind of way. And I, you just, as a, as an artist that wants to reach people, I mean, poetry, I write big shows mm-hmm. so that it can get me in front of more people. Okay. So, you know, like, uh, Salt City is a, a techno choreo poem that I've written that will premiere in Detroit in June of 2019. I won a few grants for that. And yes. all Detroit techno music. Um, we're going to hopefully do a premiere, a preview during movement festival this year in Detroit. Nice. And then it's a full, uh, two act musical. And it's all Detroit techno and about and dance, nice. contemporary dance nice. theater. So it's a choreo poem. Um, so I, I see the poems inside of everything. So I'm not scared of techno, um, opera, uh, rock and roll, you know, I can find a way to weave the poems inside that because it's, it's lyrics yes. and it's stories. And so theater stages, rock and roll concerts, I just, you know, I never, I'm, I have a limitless imagination when it comes to where my work belongs. Mm-hmm. It's everybody else that has to catch up I know that's with right. the way, the way that I see my work. <laughs> and so, I know. um, 
and, and, and just to speak about techno, like Jeff Mills, who was like top of tier list of like bucket list of producers I want to work with. I just recorded with Jeff Mills. Um, if you don't, people don't know him. He's one of the most famous uh, techno producers in the world. Mm-hmm. We used to know him as the wizard on the radio in Detroit, okay. but he lives in Paris now, travels all over the world and, um, is an icon in that, in the, in the techno electronic dance music world and um, an icon and an amazing human being. And I've wanted to work with him. We just recorded for his radio show, The Outer Limits, which is produced by NASA. Mm. Which is, And who, who wow. gets produced by NASA? Wow. I don't know. Who gets NASA as a sponsor? Wow, and so, Jessica, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, wow. Amazing. So that's, that's, that's out on, um, it's nts.live. Okay. Um, you should be able to hear the show there. And um, it's called The Outer Limits. So I did the, he picks an artist in the world to collaborate with. And I believe I was the first African-American woman, for sure. Of course you were. You're yeah, always yeah, the first, Jessica, Jessica. Yeah, yes, Jessica yes, ever yes, collaborate with. So. You're the first, Jessica, and a lot of great oh things. God. You know, on the yeah, techno side, you. we have a mutual friend as well. Um, and I've had Ken on, on the show, and I've had this this young lady as well, um, Stacey Hot Wax Hale. So I've seen that. I know oh, that you guys. Black uh, Mariah. There, there you go. So she talks about all of the great things that you guys are doing too. Let me ask you, Jessica, yes. how do you select the women to be a part of Black Women Rock? Because I know it's a very <sighs> multi-diverse, is pretty diverse yep. band, right? And some of those musicians yeah. play for Beyonce, right? Yes or no? Oh yeah, right, Divinity, right. Divinity Rock. Yes. Yeah, Divinity was uh, a Beyonce bass player for many years. Okay. Um, and a lot of them play with like a trumpet player who I'm very tri- mm. proud of, Leslie Vonner. Just a young trumpet player. She did the Apollo Theater with mm. us, and we headlined there a few years ago during the Women of the World Festival. And someone saw her, and now she is touring with Beyonce right now. And I got to go nice. see her in Detroit, and nice. I'm so proud of her. Nice. Trumpet yeah. player. So um, lots, a lot of the women have played with all kinds of people. Um, Yazara and um, Jesse Wagner are two women who've done my show, and mm-hmm. they both toured with uh, Lenny Kravitz. So a lot of them have done major, and I mean, of course, Joy is an icon. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a soul music icon and uh, just a goddess and a, and a, one of my favorite people on the planet, just how she presents herself musically. And she's, I mean, completely inspired so many of us. Right. And she's super humble, um, despite being the amazing star that she is. I'm real proud of her. She was just on featured on Luke Cage's, mm-hmm. the Luke Cage series. Mm-hmm. I'm really just, I was going nice. crazy watching Joy. <laughs> and uh, do her, But we deserve these platforms, you know, and so it's like, I'm thankful when I see people open that door for artists yeah. like us, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, I ha- I'm, I'm blessed to know these women. And so, but I, so some of them I know. So yeah. I actually know them. Um, I know them because like, Tamar Kali, Divinity Rocks, and Imani Azuri all did my first Black Amar Rock in 2004. Nice. Um, and, and Divinity, yeah. And, and so I knew Imani Azuri and T. Kali from, from being on the New York scene. In New York scene, I was um, working with Black Rock musicians. So Black Rock Coalition and I just burn and read all those folks. Yeah. I was trying to find a way to find myself because I mean I'm a poet, but I was I rock you know I'm a rock star too. So rock I was like, I'm rocking around. I'm rocking with. I want to deal with what the black rockers at. You know, like I'm with. I want to create something different. You know, and so those were the people that were cutting edge to me. Yes. And so while I found solace and and friendships inside the poetry scene, I also connected with musicians, and I love to watch. Like Tim Kali, I watched my first mosh pit. Mm. The first time I wanted to jump into a crowd was when a black woman was on guitar, mm. and I was like, oh, now I understand why people want to jump into yeah. some people. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> now I want justice of people. Yeah. And I never felt like that before, you know. And so those women were transformative, and they are still transformative. You know, Tim McCallie, who I'm speaking about, who you know, wrote the soundtrack for, for My Bound. Yes. I mean, she's amazing, she's composer. Yeah. And yeah. and so, um, yeah, and so I know some of them. And then some people now, because I've been doing it so long, um, people will send them to me. I actually just spent my morning looking at three different women. Mm-hmm. Some like Jackie Vincent, who is coming to Detroit August 28th. I'm bringing her. She's coming to town with her band to do a smaller set. But she did my show in March, and she's coming to San Francisco. Bad, the guitarist out of uh, Austin, Texas. And it was just a friend of mine, Paris, who said, hey, you two need to know each other. And connected us on Instagram, and I had booked her in, within 24 hours. Wow. I saw her. I saw her video. And I was like, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Everyone needs to know who she is. You know, and she's toured with Gary Clark Jr. It's like, they, you, they, you can still, like, tour with Gary Clark Jr. And I can still, people can say, who is that? Right. So, you yeah. know, there's a disconnect, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to be trying to, I'm trying to make sure people know these women. So Jackie Vincent, another artist, if people don't know and they're listening, check her out. Stephanie Christian one of the baddest vocalists in the world. And she's from a place called Detroit, Michigan. And she does every single one of my shows. I don't go nowhere without Stephanie. If she ain't there, it's because she on the road. And she had to do something outside the country. Because, I mean, her voice is exquisite. Reminds me of Tina Turner. Mm. I can't think of anybody else except Tina Turner when I think of Stephanie. Um, Monica Blair is coming to do our show in San Francisco. Another virtuoso on stage, brilliant voice. So there's, you know, there's so much talent that's underserved um, in this country. And so we're working. I'm working now on um, taking Black and Rock even further outside the boundaries of the United States. So getting us out the country is really important. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and some tour support so I can get it, you know, get some wheels on it and get it to more cities. But, yes. you know, it's available for booking. People ask you, where do you, where do, you do it? I'm like, whoever is going to pay. Yeah, whoever we wants you. Come. Right. Yeah, you'll <laughs> come, come and do it. Now, Jessica, yeah. you... And, and I'm, uh-huh. No, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, just to be clear, you know, it is a, it is a rock and roll show. So mm-hmm. people are just clear about it. Like, if, you know... There's a, that's the distinction. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have the word rock on it now, right. even your radio show. So mm-hmm. I'm very clear, like with Black Women Rock, it is about rock and roll. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely about celebrating the women that came before us. Um, you know, Grace Jones and Betty Davis and Bessie Smith, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Big Mama Thor and like, you know, um, Donetta Thor, Thor um, I'm saying Donetta Thor, like all those other Thor, excuse me, Rosetta Thor, like all those women who laid the foundation when it really wasn't easy. Right. It really wasn't easy. Yeah. For, um, but, you know, I always make the comment, and I say it often, that, you know, black women are the blues sped up. So you don't have rock and roll without black women. Wow. You know, you don't. And if you're if you're actually trying to really talk about the legacy of American music mm-hmm. and black women's voices are not a part of that conversation, then you're doing a disservice to the history of the music. I know that's right. And yeah. I know that's right. So Jessica, you have performed on some amazing stages. Carnegie Hall, mm-hmm. Lincoln Center, yeah. London Institute yeah. of Contemporary Arts. Um, any other mm-hmm. platform or stage you're trying to get to, Jessica? What have you not done? Where are you? Where, huh? I want to do the, the the Tate in London. Okay. Um. Uh. There's. Yeah. I mean, I guess larger stages. I mean, I guess it's, I don't. I like the intimate spaces. Um. I haven't done. I've done almost every stage in Detroit except the Fox Theater. Okay. Which is not a big stage. Um. I don't know. I've toured South Africa. Mm-hmm. I want to get to. Uh, to I want to get on the continent of Africa. To be honest, I wouldn't care about 
what the stage was, but that's the people I want to get to. I know, that's right. Um, yes. I need to get to Ghana and Senegal and mm-hmm. my people in Ethiopia and Kenya, like Nigeria. I want to get in front of um, more of the diaspora. I had a blessed to perform in um, Brazil in Rio de Janeiro um, last year, and that was that was amazing. I performed in Shanghai, which was crazy to perform in, in China, in Hong Kong, and Shanghai. But I like to get on the continent more, so. Yeah, more about who I want to be in front of, mm-hmm. um, and I like to do more work on the continent of Africa, absolutely, okay. whether it be all the way south. I mean, I've toured. Now, South Africa, I have toured mm-hmm. and with Winston Crazy Johnson. I did that some years ago. So, And South Africa is a big, you know, that's a big space in my heart, yeah. and there's some work I want to do beyond just reading a poem in South Africa and some of this. Uh, some work I want to do in Soweto, mm-hmm. and so I want to get on. The, I want to get on the on the continent, on the motherland, some more. You know, know, that's the stage that I haven't done enough of okay. performances at. You know, okay, yeah, and that's a big stage, Jessica. That's a big stage with a lot of beautiful people, a lot of talented people. Um, yeah. it's, it would be a definite spiritual experience for you, and you would just yeah. feed off of that and keep growing and get bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. I want yeah. I want to ask you this, Jessica, for those up and coming. Poets, are, yeah. are you interested in in publishing other people? Can people get with you in some yeah. way, or you just you, it's just too much? It's too much. It's it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took a little break from publishing because the people still send me a lot of their work and okay. ask me to publish them. It's hard for me to even get a blurb done on time, wow. to be honest. Okay. Um, but I am now working on a publishing. Did my fifth book is We Want Our Bodies Back um, that I wrote in honor of Sandra Bland, mm. and so. My, we Want Our Bodies Back is coming out, and I'm publishing a poet, Brad Walron. His book is called Everywhere Alien, known Brad for many years, a brilliant writer. Um, and there's some other poets I have lined up, even talking to Talib about a book. So I still can't help myself, um, but I'm, if I publish, begin to publish more people, and I will, I believe, it's going to be through a major distribution deal mm-hmm. so that I don't have to do all the work of the marketing and distribution okay. for the books. Um so that's in, actually in the work. So um, my memoir is deal is coming. Um, Love is not the enemy was which is based around my my journey through motherhood. Yes. And I've had a very non traditional story when it comes to mothering and um, and loving children before my birth son even. And so talking about that journey as being an artist and a mother and a survivor of a lot of obstacles along the way. Because yeah. yeah. you make it look easy, but mm. you know that it's not. It's not. And so telling my 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 story. So the book is coming. Um, we want our bodies back. Is coming, and then definitely, yeah, more poets. But I'm kind of selecting people that I already have a relationship with right now. Mm-hmm. But if something comes across my way and it's, I'm in love with it. I, I can't, you know. I'm always kind of looking for that new voice. Right. Um, there's a poet, um, Brad is one of them, and Tango Ice and Martin, who's become a new friend of mine, who's a, I call him the king of California, but it's, this brother's work is very extraordinary. He just won the American Book Award for Poetry. And, you know, sometimes people win the awards, and I, I and I think, oh, their work is okay. But he's actually extraordinary. <laughs> and uh, so, so Tango, I'm bringing him to Detroit, actually. I'm really happy to be bringing him to read um, in Detroit. And um, I think it might be his first time there. I'm presenting him at the Detroit Public Library in November. So really honored to do that. And I'm bringing him to a thing I, I curate in Randallstown, Maryland, um, in Labor Day weekend. Okay. So, I mean, when I, so I, when I hear something that's, excellent. Mm-hmm. I don't ignore it. So if I don't publish it, I'll find a way for them to get published right. or I'll connect them to somebody that can. 
So I would never say no because I'm always kind of looking for my tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Tongo is that. Brad is that. Um, Ursula Rucker is also that. My sister out of Philly. Shout out to Philly. Shout out to The Roots. Um, The (laughs) the poet that's been all The Roots albums. If you don't know Ursula, you should. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. And I'm hoping to publish... uh, Ursula's first book of poetry. Nice. So I'm working on more of a distribution to positioning more black press in a, in a different way going forward, just because at this time in my life, which is extraordinarily busy mm-hmm. and overwhelming, I just can't wear all, all the hats, hats in can. the same way. I mean, you, nah, you're doing it, so. but you can't, you'll, you'll wear yourself out. Jessica, when I, <laughs> yeah. when I see you in person, when I meet you, will you sign a book or two for me? Oh, be quiet. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. You should come, you should fly out to San Francisco for Black Women Rock. You know, if you can make that make out for that weekend, just come on and make it a trip. Don't tempt me because I've been to San Francisco before and it's a beautiful city. Um, Self care trip. Come you, on. You know what I mean? So <laughs> do not tempt me. Do not tempt me. I'm actually, um, about to leave, uh, today to head to India. Uh, for the week. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so I'm attending. Uh, oh, it was a week long enough. Yeah. Long yeah. Enough. Well, oh. yeah, because I have a small son too, so I need to make sure I get back and make sure everything oh, is good okay. with him. And down here in, in Atlanta, uh, school starts early. So, you know, I yeah, know. Yeah, my I, son is in school yeah, already. Yeah, so it, it cuts yeah. into some of the things that we want to do because they're already in school. But yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. But I, I definitely am a traveler and I want to get out there. I want to see you in your home bases, Jessica, whether whether that be in Detroit or even yes. in Brooklyn or even out and abroad. And definitely we're not afraid of Europe. So come on, let's do that. No. Let's get out there. <laughs> I know that's right. I, I, yeah. There. Thank you so much. And, and just know, and I know I'm a mom that leaves, has to leave away from my baby. And I had mm-hmm. to leave away from my first son, Omari, when he was very little and travel, and it was always hard going right. to the airport and I would cry. And I remember Omari when he was little and he's 23 now, and he would say, uh, he looked at me once, I had just done a gig and come back to Atlanta, and I left back out the next day, and he was like, where are you going yeah. now? <laughs> you know, and it just breaks your heart. Yeah, You're like, oh, I'm going to get the money, yeah, you know, yeah. like for the food and mm-hmm. the shelter, baby, like I'm going to yeah. help our household yeah. and take care of you. And so, just so you have to know that your son and your daughter, your babies are protected, mm-hmm. you know, and they, you have to go away so that it actually helps them grow too. It does. Um, and, it, and it builds character. And we're the ones that, that usually are the, they have the issue. The kids be all right. Yeah, it's us, like, you know, hey, you, <laughs> yeah, know you come home there like, I didn't even know you were gone. Like, you're back. Yeah, it's like, kinda... oh, you're back already? Oh, okay, that's you're cool. Back already? <laughs> you're back already? Yeah. So, Jessica, I can't wait how can people today. find you? Because you're everywhere. Um, I'm on, well, Instagram is good. I'm mm-hmm. good on Instagram. Um, Jessica Care More without the E on Instagram. JessicaCareMore.com. My website, it stays pretty current with my event schedule, my tour dates, where I'm going to be speaking or doing something it's usually at jessicacaremore.com and so yeah i'm on twitter facebook i'm on all the things all (laughs) platforms i'm findable i am findable on all platforms trying you are growing one thing i wanted to ask you jessica before i let you go was the ted talks that is phenomenal so tell us a little bit about it you've done it several times jessica right 
Yeah, I've done several times. Um, yeah, I did a Ford Motor Company TED Talk about uh, the, the theme around movement and technology and wrote a piece about the migration of our people from the South to come up north to Detroit to build the auto industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done um, different TED Talks. I did one with, like, uh, Craig from Craigslist. And, mm-hmm. and so I've, did, I've done some of Detroit. This was really a special one. I just We filmed it in Las Vegas, okay. and it was with a health care group called Optum, and so these are. It's a very corporate healthcare provider mm-hmm. that's trying to do something innovative. So they Ted produced a salon during this huge, their huge conference in Las Vegas to have innovative people talking about healthcare, mm-hmm. and and they brought me on to write a piece that talks about the challenges. And I I, just, I decided to write a very personal piece, it's a very personal piece that I had written about my son and my struggles with becoming, going back home and leaving a marriage and having to start my life over and figuring out to make sure my son could go to the doctor and we could have food and basic needs met while I figured out how to get myself back on my feet as a writer and artist. And so um, that's weaved in there, but the story also is about other people's struggles and people who are around me, like fighting cancer, you know, in, in different alternative ways of taking care of ourselves and how you're forced to take care of yourself in this country. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will not be able to go mm-hmm. or be able to afford to ever go. Like, it's like, I just feel like it's disgusting yeah. that a country that is this rich, mm-hmm. truly, that people have to negotiate their health yes. in that way. Yes. Like, we sh- everyone should be able to go to the doctor and and be well and there's no reason because we can afford to take care of the people who are born and live here um and and then we could take care of other people across the globe as well like it's not like the country is broke and but that's a basic need that it's just shameful that it's even a conversation that only if only the rich deserve to be taken care of or be able to go to the doctor it's um I mean, for many years, yeah. years and years, I went without health care. And a lot of my independent artist friends went without health care. We would just pay to go to the dentist. Yeah. Or yeah. you don't go at all. Right. And you things fall apart. Mm-hmm. And you go when it's an emergency. Yeah. Then you have a bill you can't pay. You know, and so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know when it's going to premiere. There's like I'm, I went to the TED.com site, and there's a story about it that's really beautiful. And I posted a photo about it. So I'm waiting for it to actually premiere on the TED site. And the one from Ford Motor Company with a Ford event, so Ford has that footage. So I don't. That's never been on the TED site. Yeah. So I'm excited that this one will actually be on the TED.com site. So it's coming at some point. I'll I'll make sure I'll post it and all yes, that good stuff. Please, please, yeah. Jessica, keep us posted. I want to say thank you for everything that you do because it's very you. inspirational. Um, you are filled with thank empowerment you. because you thank give you. us the the know how and the wherewithal to go forward because we don't always know how to make things happen. But when you have a passion and a dream, you're determined and destined to keep moving and push it. And when people see that you're committed to your belief, they partner with you, they support you. And it it just starts to bubble up and open up and, and things start happening. So I am just so thankful for today that you were able to give, give us some time and share because I, I really want people like yourself to have an opportunity to share because you're doing legendary work. Um, Thank you. And it needs to be captured and we need to be able to have it and people can see it and, and, and know and understand everything that Jessica 
could care more was about. So thank you so much, Jessica, for your time today. This was thank awesome. Thank you. Yes. Real Chicks Rock. Let's yes, go. Yes. For all of you guys that are listening or watching, we thank you for taking time to listen um, with us today. We're going to have this everywhere. You know where I am everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, check out my website. Until next time, guys, you take care and continue to rock on. We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on.